0: Hey, welcome back again to Gospel Life 360. My name is Brother Jeff. Gospel Life 360 is where the gospel is at the center of every discussion we have. Gospel Life 360 is about a living and transforming life of following after Jesus Christ. It's about discovering who Jesus is in every moment and circumstance of our lives. Today I want to speak uh, speak to you on this, words of life or death. You know, as we face this new election year coming up, and it's been going on for a while, but it seems like it's intensifying And there's all kinds of words and accusations and and debates and arguments and disagreements and hatred and evil and all these things being discussed over the airwaves and through social media. And a lot of it's done by those professing to be Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. And I want us really to think about this whole issue today of of words that we use. uh, They bring life or they bring death. Now, again, there's a lot of things we should stand up for because of our faith, because of what Scripture tells us but it's how we use those words and how we attack people instead of just talking about the issues and standing up for what we believe in. We seem to be doing more damage to the gospel and to the kingdom of God than we do about achieving our goals. And so I want to just take some time to share some scriptures with you today in talking about how our words impact the world around us and really kind of harden or change and transform our hearts. In 18 Proverbs 18 verse 21 says death and life, are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So look at your life right now. The words we say, uh, we seem to gravitate toward one or the other. Are we producing life or are we producing death? Death brings separation. It brings division and conflict and turmoil and hurt and anger. Uh, How do we speak in our words today? Are we allowing our convictions to become so predominant, allowing our flesh to, to step in? Are we bringing more death and separation than we are proclaiming the good news of who Jesus Christ really is? In Mark 7, verse 20 through 23, God's word says this, And he was saying, That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, the fornications, the thefts, the murders, the adulteries, the deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. So the question is this, what's proceeding out of your heart? You know, There's times in our lives, all of us probably come to that place where a word slips out of our mouth and we, we wonder where that came from. We begin to ask ourselves, I, I, I haven't said that in a long, long time, and then we find ourselves saying it, and we have to ask ourselves, where did it come from? And the truth of the matter is, Scripture says it's been in our heart the whole time. We've not sanctified that part of our life. We've not allowed ourselves in a language to change. We don't feel the, the conviction when we do say it. We may feel sorry for it, but we don't really feel the conviction of the fact that we've allowed ourselves to allow our words and our hearts to be seen by the world around us. And what he's saying here in Mark is this, look at your words. Not only the words we say, but the tone and the attitude that we say them with. Remember, God knows the motives and intentions of our heart. Sometimes we can come off as saying something loving or caring, and in reality, our motive behind it is to manipulate or to try to get something from it. Again, so God sees not only the tone and the attitude, but he sees the motive behind what we say. So what's coming out of our hearts today? As Christians, as followers of Christ, I'm not talking about the world. The world's going to be what it is. God's called us to be different people, people who speak speak love and grace to the world around us. In James chapter 3, verse 4 through 6, it says this, Behold, the ship also, uh, though they are so great great and so driven by the strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. And then he says in verse 5, So also. The tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. He says, and the tongue is a fire the very world of iniquity. And the tongue is set among the members of us as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and the lives around us and is set on fire by hell. Again, James is showing us here and by the Holy Spirit, giving him these words to write down to remind us as small as our tongue seems, uh, we can do so much more damage, even so more than physically. How many parents, you know, how many adults out there have, have beaten down their children with their tongue to where their child is, doesn't have the freedom, doesn't know hope, doesn't know security, doesn't know comfort or, or, or the love of a parent, the love of a family because of how we speak our words? And we look at our lives, we look back on, on the, the, how we were raised sometimes, and we realize the majority of what we struggle with is because of the words that were said to us over the years. And so we find healing in Jesus Christ. We can find newness in Jesus Christ. But we have to learn to allow the Holy Spirit to control our tongue so that we do not do that damage, do not do that, that death walk with people because of our tongue and the words we say. Remember Romans 8, verse 5 through 8. It says, for those who are according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit for the mindset on the flesh is death, separation, but the mindset on the spirit is what life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, the law of love for it's not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So again, we know that what comes off our mouth comes from our heart. But also we often also realize here in Romans 8 that if our mind is set upon the flesh, our heart is going to be filled with those fleshly things. Our feelings, our emotions, our assumptions, uh, our our thoughts of what things are and what they should be, uh, our expectations, performance, and all those things that are formed within our mind and what we want out of life and what we expect out of life when it becomes a selfish thing, a self-righteous thing, ends up being seeded into our hearts, and then from our hearts, we speak those things. And sometimes, again, Scripture tells us to speak the truth in love. And again, without the Holy Spirit, we are incapable of doing both those things. Most of us, when we allow our flesh to dictate to us, we can speak things truthfully, but we're not very loving. And many times we try to be loving, we don't speak the whole truth because we're afraid to offend. The ability to speak the truth and love comes from the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. When our mind is set upon the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit controls our heart and our tongue, then the words come out that bring forth life and peace. And that's what God has called us to. In Matthew chapter 12, and again, I hope you're writing these down and spend some time yourself in them later. Matthew 12, verse 34 through 37, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He says, you brought a vipers? How can you, being evil, Speak what is good. Now he's talking to religious people here, but they're very self-righteous in their walk. And Jesus looks at them and says, you bro of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Again, we see the consistency here, of what God's telling us as far as our words and where they come from. Nobody can say, well, you made me do that. You made me say that. You made me angry. And that's why I said that. We say those things because that's what's in our heart. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is evil. He says, And I say to you, that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Again, we know that we you've heard it said before that once you say something, you can't put it back. It's like squeezing it to the tube of toothpaste and try to put the toothpaste back in the container. It doesn't work. Once our words are out, they're out there. And the damage they do, we can find healing and restoration from those things, but it takes time to build that trust back again. As the world looks at the church today, what are they seeing? Are they hearing this angry, bitter, hateful you know attacks upon all the political regimes around us because they're not not following after our desires, uh, even within our own churches are we are we arguing at business means because th- something's not happening? Where do those words come from? It comes from our heart. We've allowed those things in our lives to remain in our heart to where now the words are coming out and bringing forth damage. So what are you bringing forth from your from your heart, your treasure? What is your treasure? Is it Is it all about you or is it about the glory of Jesus Christ? How are we speaking to the world around us? How are we speaking to our spouses? How are we speaking to our children? How do we speak to our neighbors? How do we speak to those people at work that maybe we don't agree with or see eye to eye with? How are we presenting ourselves with our words to those people? Ephesians 4, verse 29 through 30 says this, Let no let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only a word such as, as good for edification or lifting up or building up according to the need of the moment, that it may be give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, why does God connect these two things here about these unwholesome words out of our mouth and how we should only speak those things that are edifying to the world around us, lifting up and building up and encouraging. And then he says, right after that, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, when we speak those kind of words, out into the world and to the people around us that are not edifying, that are not filled with grace and seasoned with grace, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. God will change people's lives through the words we speak. But when we speak those words as words of the Spirit that's given to us out of heart of love and grace and mercy and compassion and and humility, that's what God's called us to speak. And then the Holy Spirit's able to work through that But when we speak those words of self-righteousness and selfishness and, and hateful and resentment and all those things that go along with it, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God in the process. Colossians 4, verse 3 through 6. It says, Praying at the same time for us as well, that God may open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have been also imprisoned. He says in verse 4, in order that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. See, Paul understood. Here he was imprisoned, and yet he was praying that, the, that God would give him the words to speak in the moment that he needed to speak them. He wanted to know, understand how I should speak. How many times do we ask ourselves that question? How many times do we acknowledge God and ask God to help us speak the right words? Or how many times do we just, out of our own passion and conviction and feelings, let the words fly? He says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. And see, when we use those words in a hateful, resentful, uh, I I know more than you, I'm smarter than you, I'm better than you kind of attitude, we lose the opportunity for the gospel to be be brought to the heart of the individual. He says, let your speech always, here, verse 6, Galatians 4, 6, write this verse down, memorize it, and allow God to speak to your heart. He says, let your speech always. Always be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. Each person, we are to speak words out of a heart of grace, out of a heart of love and concern for their, their salvation and for their soul. Matthew ten nineteen and 20. But when they deliver you up, He says, do not become anxious about how or what you shall speak. Here's God's warning to us. Even when you're persecuted, even when you're put before men and and you're being accused or you're being attacked, he says, don't be anxious about what you'll say. Most of the time, we react in those kinds of situations with fear and anxiety and hurt and bitterness, and we let our words override what God desires for us to, to speak. He says, for it shall be given to you in that hour what you are to speak. God's promises right here in Matthew 10, that when you come across these situations, understand that God's with you and God desires to allow his Holy Spirit to give you the words to speak that are graceful grace, but also will accomplish the purpose in the lives of the people who are listening. He says, for it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now that verse to me is one of those verses that we read, have read many, many times, but does it really sink in? Does it really do we really kind of connect with the fact that God desires for his Holy Spirit in every situation to give us the words we need to speak in the moment? How many times are we always trying to prove ourselves or trying to accomplish something in our own ability, our own wisdom, our own persuasions without even realizing that God desires to accomplish what he wants to accomplish? if we'll let him speak through us to the world around us. This past week, my pastor gave a message on talking in our words and how we speak to the world, and this kind of moved me to this this message today. But as he ended, he gave an example, and I never thought about this before, I guess, or put them both together. But we look at the Tower of Babel. When God's people refused to listen to God and, and, and pursued their own way and their own direction, God says he brought confusion to where they couldn't understand each other's language. And see, when we get outside of what God wants for us, and we speak on our own words and our own understandings, uh, we become divided and broken, and we begin to try to defend and argue and and debate and try to, to accomplish what we want to accomplish. But then he talked about the day of Pentecost, when God Holy Spirit came down, and God's message went forth exactly as he wanted it to go forth. And it says that everyone heard it in their own language. You see, when we submit ourselves to God's presence and power and the Holy Spirit's presence in our life and allow God to speak through us, God performs great things. But we begin to pursue things in life and we, we got things figured out and we're going to say what we want to say and we're going to try to manipulate and try to maneuver things to where we can accomplish what we want through our words. God says there's division and misunderstanding. Folks, we are people of the gospel. We are people that are filled with the Holy Spirit that God has called to change the lives of the world around us. And it comes through our words. The Bible says, faith coming through hearing and hearing by the word of God. But God knows the hearts of every person we come across. And we should be sensitive to the fact that God wants to use his words spoken through our lives to the life and the heart of the person we're talking to. Let God's word speak. We speak words of life or we speak words of death. That's what God's word says, and that's the gospel.